Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wong Pickups. Hello, all. We are super thrilled that you are listening to our little show, the Guitar Knobs Podcast. Uh, we are very excited for this episode for a number of reasons, uh, which we'll get into. Um, but uh, uh, Tony or uh, Jared, which one? Would, who would like to tell us? That's tell not the, Jared. The lovely it. audience, what the guitar knobs focus on. We love to talk gear. Number one. Uh, number two, we have on the small builder guy. That it's the boutique builders. The boutique builders that really have a fiery passion for what they do a fiery passion a fiery passion and they they tell us all about what they do and how they got started and all that kind of thing it's a really good time you should listen to you you'd learn something too if (laughs) you you should listen to it the 101 (laughs) the 101 episodes are like are are a favorite especially to me i really love the 101 episodes they are listening to it as a matter of fact (laughs) absolutely if they are if they are listening they are listening to that's what we do here man we just talk about gear and stuff and things yes Hmm. um let's see here so uh what do i want to we well we just got through that i think we've got somebody on the line yeah fits that mold yeah okay who's on the line this is justin abernathy from beautiful guadalupe california Nice. And what do you do? I build custom electric guitars, uh, primarily the Sonic Empress. Okay. And your company is named what? Abernathy Guitars. All right. And where can people who are listening to this, assuming you're not driving, where can people find you right now? Uh, I'm best found at Bottom Line Guitars on Instagram. That's what I keep most up to date. Bottom Line Guitars. Okay. I would encourage you to go check them out. They are pretty dang cool guitars we admittedly have not had the pleasure of playing one although you were kind enough to to offer to send one out our friend uh mike adams aka pushing pushing is has has got the one that grabbed my attention and uh you uh, let us know that once he was done if if we wanted to, to mess around with that we could but i said you know what all due respect if it's good enough for mr adams it's good enough for us. I saw a picture of pizza on your Instagram. That caught my eye. <laughs> yeah, Jared. It's there. I Jared saw it. I saw it. I saw food. it there. He has I do love pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently well, so. Yeah, who doesn't? I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. All right. So, uh, yeah, definitely go check those out. Uh, I think you've got a really interesting take on some shapes that we know and love. And uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Hey, everybody, we want to give a massive thanks and giant shout out to Rode Microphones, the Rode company. Ah, yes. yes. That thing is cool, man. They have uh, not only, you know, in the past graced us with these amazing microphones. Still use them. The, yes, the, uh, the, the Procaster. With the articulating um, arms. That's right. Yes. Um, these, uh, this thing that's sitting here in front of us is pretty dang amazing. What exactly is that thing? Well, this is called the Rodecaster Pro. Ah. It is a production studio. It is an all-encompassing multi-channel production studio. And I got to say, I was really skeptical uh, when we got a hold of this because the machine that we have built, this sort of, it's like if, uh, if um, 
It's Superman three, man. It's it's pretty crazy. It's it's a it's a Frankenstein audio setup that we have here, mm-hmm. and that has allowed us to do four microphones on the table and have a call in and be be able to hear everything simultaneously, which is not an easy feat. Sounds no. easy, it's not. Huh. So, uh, road. Uh, connected with us and now we have this machine in front of us and uh, I tested it out this weekend and I was just absolutely blown away uh, the the quality of the calls the quality of the of the um, audio that we have I think is, is pretty amazing nice. and it's enabling us to do all these things and even have uh, some other types of call-in uh, phone phones and all kinds of stuff. So we'll be talking about that for some time. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I I think something like this for anybody who's doing a podcast, absolutely. It's just like a, it's a no brainer to get one of these. I mean, even if you don't have a podcast, I can record my whole band with this thing. Hmm. Nice. I mean, it's kind of amazing. Plus, you can add sound effects. I can add sound effects if I want to, which I'm guarding carefully so these clowns don't mess with it. Um, but yeah, it, this is this is a game changer for sure. And I want to give a huge thanks to Nicholas Leonard, specifically at Rode, who has helped us out so much along the way uh, with the microphones and with this uh, new console. I'm just I'm very very grateful for um, his interest in our show. And roads specifically. So, thank you very much. Uh, let's see. Announcements in the not too distant future. Uh, I'm going to be releasing a special line of pickups, mm. and we're calling them screen top guitar pickups. I'm jealous. Well, you know all about them, Jared. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I do. So, I'm working with Jared on uh, on a line of uh, basically they're uh, they've got a, a mesh screen on the top with a gold mm-hmm. foil down below it. Yeah. And it's a really cool look. Uh, they're basically open top pickups. It's in so, my guitar. That's right. It's in Todd, Todd has the prototype. Yeah, the, the, gold, the gold underneath this mesh is like that. Nobody else has it, so it's a really unique look. Yeah. Off to a distance, it looks really great. So there's going to be a full line of you know whatever uh, open top pickups we can get. We have uh, P90s, humbuckers, mini humbuckers, uh, Tele neck pickups. Yeah, and stuff uh, that fits in Diarmond's, Diarmond, or uh, Rickenbacker style. style. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, more info to come, website to come, but it's coming. I hear you got awesome. a really great logo too. Uh, you might say that. Yeah, um, awesome. That's great news. Uh, let's see here. So, if you're interested in those, get a hold of these two guys. And maybe you can get them in your guitars. Yeah. Builder or so, otherwise. Yeah. Call, con, have them contact me through <clears throat> Pick Guardian and soon to be Screen Top. Yes. That's right. All right. I've Very got nice. just a couple things here. Uh, I want this was, it's not an announcement, but it is an observation. Okay. And since I don't have an observation segment, it falls under this. People are making stuff. I know that sounds weird. What are they making? Because we focus on builders. <laughs> boutique builders, <laughs> but I've gotten, we, we, we've had so many posts lately of, um, people who are making things as a result of listening to the show yeah. or being inspired by other things that they're finding other, other, uh, builders. Uh, we had, um, Derek Fitzer, who's, a, who's a listener and a patron. He got some of Jared's pickups and then immediately like wrote a song and shared it. 
and we had uh, uh, another another one of our listeners, uh, Nick Flager, I believe it's pronounced. He built an, an aluminum neck guitar after hearing all the episodes where the builders say, I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew I wanted to try it. I, this guitar, is it looks fantastic. That is the sickest neck I've ever seen. It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And and, and I, I had to check. I'm like, wait, did this is the first time you've built a guitar and you decided to build an aluminum neck guitar? Yeah. He's like, Impressive. well... I, I I work with aluminum all day, so it's a it's a it's a medium I know well. And for our friends in the United Kingdom, that would be aluminium. Yes, although there's they're throwing the extra vowel for no reason. I don't understand it. But, I saw it. Yeah, but anyway, so so Nick actually works at Detroit Bikes, which is one of the last bike oh, yeah, bike stores yeah, yeah. in the entire bike bike manufacturers in the entire country that makes everything or that makes their bikes. In, in the, the U.S. US of yeah. USA Steel and everything. So check those out. Thanks so much, Nick, for, for sharing that with everybody. And then we got Anthony Lanthrop, Lanthrop who's uh, he's just like just diving in and building amps now. Yeah. Nice. It's really cool. I'm just, yeah. uh, that thrills me to death. I love that. Uh, yeah, I worked a uh, lipstick p- pickup for him not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you're building things. Um. And then also... And we keep go, letting us know. Yes, please, please. Yeah. Um, if you are doing new projects, whether you're building pedals or whatever you're building. Amps are not easy either, man. Heck no. That's crazy. Heck no. It's dangerous. Yep. Could be, yes. Ask, <laughs> ask Rob Rob from MadCow. <laughs> Wear your um, safety hat. Yeah. And then we also got another... Uh, this happens quite a bit too. We get people who are like, I, I'm just starting or I, I've, I haven't played in a long time and I'm jumping in again. So uh, we got a question from Bob Palmer. He says, uh, I'm a major noob here. I'm 57 years old and started music theory and guitar last November. I have so many questions. He said, how can I talk to one of you or, or all of you or email? <laughs> and I said, well, tell you what. Um, we're going to ask sort of just generally, we're going to open-end it. Like if you were just starting out, all right, playing guitar, you're lo- learning music theory, which I admittedly don't know. I've tried it a couple times. And I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, what are a couple things w- that we could give advice to him and anyone else who's just jumping into music right now to uh, maybe a, a first bass go-to? The Mel Bay guitar method. Really? That's how I learned. Actually, get yourself <laughs> get yourself a metronome, uh, and if you're trying to learn something difficult, start out slow and then you know increase the speed as you go. I think starting out slow is hugely important. Most yes. of us want to race to the end, including me. Um, so, <laughs> so you don't know about the Mel Bay guitar method? I don't. Oh, I'm that's not seventy five years man. old. Uh, nor am I. <laughs> uh, Justin, do you have any words of advice? Uh, you know, I think it just depends on how interested the player is. For me, you know, I I, I just needed a guitar, um, and that's all it took to get me to learn. I just wanted to do it so bad. So I think, you know, just getting getting some kind of sound-making device in the hands of, you know, the so inspired. D- uh, does anybody have any uh, sites or anything that they've uh that they've Well, explored? you know, it's crazy because uh, I mean, there's a million, when, when there's I so started, many. there was no internet. Not, you know, you go to a guitar like shop and buy a music book. Well, but but yeah, there's so there's many things online. To do that, I though. mean, through YouTube. I mean, if I if you know, 
when I'm learning a new song or an old song, I usually go to YouTube and see, you know, if somebody right. has something out there or if you need chords or if you need words. I mean, yeah. back in the old day, we would tape something on a cassette and keep rewinding it and jot down all the words. It got a little better because you had Winamp on uh, on your computer in the early 2000s. You can actually get the app to slow it down. I didn't have a computer when I started. Yeah. Wow. Um, this is riveting. <laughs> so I would say to to those who are le- who there, I mean, there's not a silver bullet. I, I don't know of one that, that's going to learn you all the stuff right away. And I think having a couple things that you can draw on is really helpful. Yeah. I know um, Music is Win has a great program for, for learning a technique, especially and understanding theory. There are many ways to do that out there. I would also say, so I'm a player who likes to learn by playing the songs that I know. So it's easier for me to learn things if I uh, if I'm familiar with them or familiar with that style, so that I'm not just solely relying on numbers or tabs or something. So ultimate guitar tabs is uh, something that helps you know that I go to frequently. I'm like, oh man, I'd really love to learn how to play that song. It's a, that's a phone app. That's a uh, it's also a website, and it's free. Uh, there are features that you can use to to in, you know start paying for certain those those certain features, but I think it's really really helpful. First and foremost, I guess maybe learn your cowboy chords. <laughs> That's the can't go wrong there because if nothing else, um, and this is actually what I'm teaching my daughters right now. I'm like learn the cowboy chords, and the cowboy chords are ba- your basic major chords. Okay. First position. First position chords. Sorry. See, I, I don't even know how to say it right, but it's, it's cowboy chords. <laughs> um, and uh, what are those, Tony? E, A, F, C, G, C, B, D, A, <laughs> A minor. Yes. yes. E minor. So it's those. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, with those chords, D7. you can play any Johnny Cash song ever made. You can play just about any punk rock song ever made. EAD. You can E-A-D. play almost E-A-D. any Clash song ever made. <laughs> GCF. Counts, GCF. You know, GCF. You can play almost any Oasis song. Yeah. You can, I mean, there's a, yeah. there's, it is crazy what that those chords will unlock. Now, aside <laughs> from the chords itself, what this does, if you just choose one of those chords and just play that chord all by itself... The other thing that you have to remember, it's not just the fretting hand you got to worry about. You have to worry about your rhythm. My daughter is an is a very accomplished violinist who can't keep a rhythm on a guitar to save her life. Mm. And so it's it's playing the it's it's learning how to do the the you know both hands at the same time. Yeah. And getting a rhythm down. Once you start to get your rhythm down, just with that one chord, you start changing positions, add a new chord, add a new chord. And pretty soon, before you know it... It's all about rhythm and melody. You got, rhythm and melody. You got all the cowboy chords, and you got a, a good rhythm right hand, and you're off to the races. You can sing Kumbaya. That's my advice. And I'm a hack, so take it. <laughs> <laughs> but all no, right. those are all good, excellent things. I mean, and, and if, if, if you... I think most people, if they know a song... They want to learn to play a song. They can find many different versions, whether it's YouTube or uh, tab chords or whatever. And that's a good place to start. And you don't play it at the same speed that you hear it recorded at, because when you're starting out, you need to slow it down. Yeah. 
and just take your time and do it. I say so. All right, everybody. We uh, we have one other little bit. Then then we're going to. Um, uh, we still we, we still have Justin on the line. I'm sorry. We just have oh. an awful lot going on right now, Justin. I, Justin, right. Justin, who? Is that okay? <laughs> um, it's all good. Here's one more little thing here. So our friend John Anglin, he's got his four on the floor patron uh, and great supporter of the show. Uh, his four on the floor, the full tone Deja vibe. He says, I love this thing. I've, I haven't tried a lot of vibes, but with this on my board, I'm not looking. I run it pre-gain. I run this into an OD, an overdrive, and it's just magical. It, this will never leave my board. Well, all right. He also has the Tomcat, uh, builder out of uh, New York, uh, the white muffer. Uh, he says, this is the uh, best muff style fuzz pedal ever. This thing is awesome. It delivers just massive tones. I push it with a mid boost from my MS3 to cut through the mix in a live band situation. Unfortunately, Tomcat recently discontinued all six of his fuzz pedals. Oh, that is unfortunate. Hmm. Um, uh, but I also have his Bender fuzz. So I guess uh, if you want to get one of those, you're going to have to go find it on uh, Reverb or on Craigslist. He also uh, named the Wampler Tumnus. That's a, a very popular pedal. Uh, he says, my, my tone, and I'm just playing for me. That's, that's his favorite tone. Uh, neck pickup through the Tumnus, gain down around 9 o'clock or less, uh, is it just sings. Um, he also says the Hermita Audio Love Pedal Zen Drive. Uh, the red enclosure. Uh, that is, he says uh, the voice knob is a key and it makes this extremely versatile. There are many flavors of Zen drives these days, um, but this is this seems to be the one that he has uh, gone for. So um, <clears throat> right on. Thanks for sending that in. And we're going to continue to to share our uh, patrons um, uh, four on the floors as well, just because we like them so much. Doggone it. And we can. And we can. All righty, everybody. We're going to get to what's going on in our music world this week. All right, Justin Abernathy of Abernathy Guitars. What is going on in your music world this week? I guess if I had to say what's new in my music world, um, I did bring home a uh, a Supro Blues King from the NAMM show that uh, has pretty much been taking up most of my time playing lately. The little, uh, I think it's a 15 watt 112 combo. Okay. I have a Supro uh, Black Magic. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm liking that. I'm liking what they're doing with that. Yeah, it's a sweet little amp. It's got reverb and distortion, and uh, you know, for what it is and for the price, it's a pretty sweet little combo. And is that something that you're testing guitars out on, or is that you're just like your your pleasure playing amp? Uh, you know, right now it's just kind of literally my bedroom amp because uh, it's it's a, it's a lot more petite than even most of the uh, 112 combos. It's like the size of a champ. It's kind of oh wow. It's not it's not very deep. You know, it's a real short, squatty amp. So it sits nice in the corner of my bedroom here. Awesome. But, um, but yeah, it's it's been great. It's been you know it's it's pretty much been my test rig too lately, just because I I have quite a few different combos, so I really just have one out at a time, just for space restraints. Awesome, man. Cool. That and that one you picked that up at, at Nam. Yeah, yeah. They um they gave me one for it was a uh, 
a test for the booth. And uh, I had actually already pre-ordered one prior to going to the show. So I was actually able to play with it for the first time at the show. Oh, nice. And, uh, and then when I got home, it was here waiting for me. So that was, that was pretty nice. That's cool. That's cool. That's the best when you have a gear waiting for you when you get home. Uh, (laughs) Totally. I have, uh, I, I have upped my Annie on that where we've got a, uh, I've got one of those uh, security systems so I can see who's coming to the door and everything. And so now anytime that my, that blank is, I'm like, oh, did, something, did something show up? And then I have to think about it all day at work. I'm like, it's there, it's there, it's there. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm leaving. I'm feeling sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tony, how about you? Uh, so I've got, uh, gosh, three or four projects that I'm working on right now. Uh, switching out pickups and some hardware and pick guards, of course. And uh, it's just one of those, uh, I, I don't know, sometimes, as a, you know, it, like I said, when it rains, it pours, and, uh, and I'm in the middle of a bunch of them. And, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's a good distraction. After chopping up plastic all day long, it, I get to do a little bit of building and soldering and, and that kind of thing. So that's what I've been doing this week. Awesome. Jared, how about you, buddy? Well, uh, I've been look I've been looking at getting a JCM 800 just because that is a very old awesome classic amplifier that has, you know, it's been around for what 30 40 years now, 30 years, 38 years or something, I don't know. Well, it was the JC or the JMP and then it became the JCM 800 was in 800, the 80s, yeah. yeah, in the 80s, so yeah, almost 40 years old, so Anyway, it's just a classic amp that many a band, even anybody who's anybody, you know, played one. So, uh, a buddy in Fremont uh, Guitar Shop has a couple. He owns a few of them, and he also had one in his shop. And so, I kind of had two to choose from because he's not letting go of the one. But um, <clears throat> I took a fifty water home and cranked that sucker up and. And I just so happened to have a JCM 800 uh, cab, so it was a match. So it just, yeah, I, I see where all the hoopla's lying. It's in that. Is that a 50 or a 100? It's a 50. Okay. But, you know, I gosh, I don't need the 100 to blow my eardrums out. Sure you do. But, uh, You've got an ox. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I've, I also have, like, you know, seven or eight other amps, so. Uh-huh. I need six more oxes. But <laughs> no, I I, uh, I cranked that sucker up, and it's everything I thought it was, and and uh, I might end up with one of those. I don't know. Cool. And uh, so that's I'm just trying it out. My friend was really nice and just is just let me try it out. Cool. Cool, man. So um, as for me, I've got a couple gigs coming up, and I've been noticing my. Guitars have uh, have are, are get feeling a little on the loose side, uh, and it's been really uh, dry here over the winter, and so uh, the, the the necks have a little bit of wood shrinkage, and uh, I think the trusses could use it's just everything just needs a little bit of a tune up. So I'm taking them into my friend Chase Gullet uh, to uh, have a look see and just kind of get them into shape. So I got to be doing that. Um, I was noticed I was getting a little bit of fretting out on, on some stuff and that's just not fun, especially what I don't want to be thinking about that, uh, thinking about is 
as I'm going into a gig, like these are, you know, I'm getting fret buzz and stuff like that. So hmm. anyways, got to get those into the shop, see poo, and uh, then I'll be ready to rock and roll. You should stick around and see what he that does with them so that you can do some of that, those minor tweaks yourself. I can do those tweaks in my house, but the problem is I have zero time and I can do them, but he does them real good. Yeah, I agree. So, anyways, that's that's where I, that's what I'm doing. So let's, let's. I need some four on the floor from Mr. Justin now. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right, Justin Abernathy from Abernathy Guitars. Why don't you tell us your four on the floor? I've always been a huge fan of the wah wah pedal. Just you know your your basic crybaby, and I think that probably stems from. Uh, just growing up listening to Alice in Chains, Jerry Cantrell. So I've always I've always got a Wawa down there, usually first in line. And then I've got this uh, Sanzamp pedal that I bought in, in Seattle like 15 years ago. It's one of those uh, Tech 21. It's got like the three different, you can pick the microphone placement or the, you know, California, British clean sound. You know, I've got lots of different distortion pedals, but it's just always, it just always sounds great everything you know even just as a boost pedal it sounds great um is that what you primarily primarily use it for no you know i i would primarily use it as a distortion pedal but it just you know you can really get like a, a real heavy sound out of it or you can just get a nice just amp pushing drive sound out of it uh-huh. real brisk and uh the controls are just you know super always seem super active on that pedal you know uh-huh. what, um, what inspired you to get that you know, honestly, I think that, you know, I grew up, I, I was in high school in the 90s, and um, I was, like, way into Nirvana and, you know, all the Seattle bands, and uh, I think I read it some interview at some point saying that, like, Kurt Cobain was using a Sanzam 21. I don't know if he actually ever was or not, but I sought out the pedal, and that's kind of what led me to that one. What do you got for number three? It's called uh, That Bloody Delay. It's made by Kevin LeBlanc at Sound Slice Effects up in Canada. And it's I think it's based off the Deep Blue. It's like an analog delay. I've been using that a lot lately, um, you know, kind of as a slap back or just to get a big ambient sound. It's a, it's a pretty nice sounding delay pedal. And I guess lastly, well, I, I don't know if it's really considered a, a pedal or not, but I really like using a, re, a reverb unit. Um, I've got one of those Fender, friend, one of the brown Fender reissue units. And, oh, uh, that's been a staple in the rig. Is that, so that's like a uh, like a, a top of the top of the head kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like the old Fender reverb unit. Okay, it's on top there. Interesting. Now, why are you using that instead of like an actual reverb pedal? Uh, you know, I don't know. I just um, kind of just a purist in that way, I guess. Uh, I I really love the sound of um, I've got a Princeton reverb, an old Silverface, and. Uh, you know, I haven't really found anything, and you know, I haven't really tried a whole lot of different reverb pedals, but I haven't sound any found anything other than you know a Fender reverb or Fender unit that has just that super wet, splashy, just you know, ricochet off a wall sound, and that's the sound I really like. Like even even in this, you know, the little Supro, and I've got a a, a Mesa Boogie Lone Star, and you know, they have just really great sounding uh, delays, but not, I mean, uh, reverbs, but nothing like the sound of the Fender. It's just hard to get that real splashy sound out of anything. Like it's going to explode, you know what I mean? If you kick the side of it. Yeah, well, actually, that's something that uh, I just was catching on. I can't remember where I was saying this, Instagram or Facebook or something, but they were talking about how they were actually using that as a sound on stage. 
And the comment through it were like, oh, I do that too. I do that too. I was like, kind of, I was really surprised because that's something you always try to avoid in the past. You know? Right, right. But uh, using that as an actual, like, you know, as an actual as, as instrument an itself is kind of like kind of interesting. Uh, all right, man. Cool. That's a good four on the floor. Thank you. Right on. Uh, so we have you really mainly because um, you showed up in uh, in our friends uh, in our Mike Mike Adams uh, feed, and I said, "Whoa, wait a minute, what's this?" And I wasn't aware of uh, the guitars you were building. You know, there's certain things that we all react to in different ways when it comes to guitars. Uh, you know, whether it's color scheme, whether it's binding, whether it's the hardware, and and sometimes it's just something you can't put your finger on. And I really dug what I was seeing. I investigated, wanted to find out what's behind all this. Uh, here you are. And uh, we want to find out a little bit more about you and about how you got uh, started doing this and, and uh, more about your, your take on guitars. How did you end up getting the bug for, for guitars, man? Oh, man. When I was a kid, uh, probably about eight or nine, um, my cousin had an acoustic guitar. I don't know what it was. It was some kind of arch top, um, you know, acoustic. And he didn't know how to play it, uh, but he wouldn't let me play it either. And I always, you know, all he would do was kind of like, you know, the first first finger on the first fret and just kind of, you know, just kind of slide his finger up the 12th fret. Uh -huh. And that was like the, that was like the big trick. Um, I still and do I always that. Just wanted, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great one. Um, and I just wanted to play that guitar so bad. And, you know, finally, when I was a freshman in high school, um, I got the opportunity to, you know, get my own guitar. And uh, it was an Antares, you know, a $25 Antares, Les Paul copy. You know, as soon as I got that thing in my hands, it was just all over. I, I was I was taking it apart. I, I, I didn't even know, I didn't even know what I was looking for. I was just it was all magic. I play, played in bands and whatnot. All through high school, I was trying to do repairs on people's guitars. And then when I graduated, the opportunity arose to uh, work in a music store doing apprentice work for a guy named Brian who was uh, had been doing guitars and band instruments and pretty much he, he could fix anything. And uh, after doing that for about four years, Gene Baker, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Gene Baker, but he came back to town where I'm here in Guadalupe, Santa Maria, the area. And he had just come back from a Fender Custom Shop, and uh, he was opening a company called uh, Baker Guitars. And the opportunity arose to go to work for him, which is what I always really wanted to do, was learn how to build them, not so much repair them. So I started working for him in 1999, and uh, we were doing everything by hand there. Um, you know, the Baker Guitars were a uh, carved top, you know, highly figured, you know, in the same vein as a Les Paul or, a, or right. you know, a Paul, Paul Reed Smith. That, that was a you know great experience I learned cutting my teeth there on, on everything from, uh, you know, setting up vacuum lines and, and air, air lines to, uh, running a, a bunch of different machines. I'd never played with before pin routers and shaper tables. And, uh, we were, we were all young. Gene was really young and I don't think anybody really knew what they were doing other than how to build guitars, not really how to run a business. So, uh, that company, went down and uh, then I went to work for Ernie Ball for a few years, which, which is, you know, about a half hour from where I am. And uh, I, you know, dressed frets for, for a year straight, worked in the repair department for a long time and worked in the, the assembly department for, for a year and uh, kind of got 
kind of got tired of doing that. Moved to National Resophonic, which is also, you know, in the area. There for a few years in the in the assembly department, fitting necks on bodies. And then uh, come full circle, Gene had, you know, started a new company, uh, B3 Fine Tune Instruments. And his shop was like literally like five minutes from my house. So I went back to work for him. And shortly after all that happened, uh, he he merged with uh, these two guys and we created they created the uh, Premier Builders Guild, which was kind of an umbrella company. Uh, America was basically an umbrella company for making other boutique guitars. Uh, we were doing, um, you know, guitars for Cole, Superglide, Superglide Almighty and guitars for Giffen, guitars for Jason Schroeder. Uh, we were doing the Fanos there. I was pretty much head of assembly. Yeah, I was kind of a high man on the on the totem pole. The company wasn't doing so well. New management came in. I got laid off. And pretty much at that point, I just decided, you know, it's time for me to do my own thing. And that's pretty much where I got started. That was pretty much New Year's 2012 is when I got laid off. So it's been about seven years doing it here, here from the shop at home. Wow. And, uh, you know, it, it, I wouldn't really say it's picked up a lot of momentum, but it, it didn't really get serious until the last couple of years. I, I have a daughter, Lola. She's four now. And uh, she really made me put life into perspective and, you know, realize that I'd have to make this happen one way or another. You know, I had some other problems along the way with alcohol and whatnot. And I had to go through a bout of sobriety and had a little time in the hospital with some stomach problems. And just everything is just that just kind of made me focus on what I'm doing now. I've done a bunch of different I have a I have a few different models, um, but I guess to get to the core of what we're talking about here, uh, I'm working now on the Sonic Empress model. That's what Mike has, the black one. It's basically my take on the Mustangs and the, the Jaguars, you know, the Jazz Masters. Really, the Mustang was always my favorite shape. And I kind of, kind of, if you will, took the Mustang body and kind of stretched it out a little bit here and there. You know, visually, it's got kind of a real, I guess you would say, more of a fender offset look. But um, I think they, you know, I think they feel more like Gibson. I've always been a huge fan of Gibson guitars, uh, SG. Now you're talking my language, yeah. So, so you know, it's 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 pretty much a hybrid. You know, I, I kind of have to rewind to tell you the whole story because the first model I made was called the Steed, and it's it's a cross between a Mustang and an SG, and that model has kind of evolved into what is now the Sonic Empress. It, for those who who are not, uh, not able to to follow along with the uh, with any kind of visuals, it kind of looks like uh, like a Fender offset and a and a Gibson got together. Yeah, it's it's got the, the three and three headstock. Um, you know, the neck pocket, the neck pocket. In a lot of the older ones is real deep. It's it kind of has more of a set neck feel to it. Um, I kind of started building the bodies a little bit different. The the necks are more Fenderish, where they're they're you know they start from a one inch piece of wood rather than you know, starting with a two and a half inch piece of wood. There's no neck angle. Mm-hmm. And I use the open peg. It's just a straight open peg, but um, using the open peg, it creates a nice down angle. So I don't have the necessity for any kind of string treats or anything like that. Ah, okay. Um, like I said, it's something, it's 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 easier explained with it in your hands than to, you know, to try and explain it without seeing it. it when you look at it, there's almost a Mosrite feel to it where it's, it's, it's kind of bendy and wonky a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like it's not a it's a three three headstock and uh, totally it's got a hard tail, but it's kind of fendery. It's 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 interesting. I think it's difficult to take something that is that well known 
or, or certain elements that are that well known and yeah. alter them just enough to where they don't look ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like the the model that never was. Um, Moserite was definitely a huge influence on just the whole shape, the feel. Like you said, with the three and three on the headstock, I believe Moserites. Um, I haven't handled one in a minute, but I believe the the original ones. I'm pretty sure they had a flat, straight headstock too with no angle or, or very very shallow angle um so i was kind of trying to take that and kind of the simplicity of that without having to use any string trees which you know i, I don't think there's anything wrong with the string trees every strat's got got them you know but um you know it was just kind of i had never seen anybody do it like that before so i wasn't really 100 percent sure it would work um until i actually built a few of them and you know it seems to work beautifully when when you set out and you say oh, I'm going to go, it's time to do my own thing. Uh, what did you kind of already have just the flavors that your guitars were going to become in your head, or or did you say, okay, wait, before I do my thing, I, I have to figure out what this thing is going to be. You obviously had the ability to craft guitars, but having the ability to build them is not the same thing as having the ability to design them. So. Um, how did, how did that process work? Uh, you know, uh, I never sleep, man. I think about guitars constantly. Um, uh, the shapes, I have a few different models. I started with the steed model, which was a Mustang meets the SG, which in the beginning was just my two favorite guitars mashed together. A lot of people thought it looked bitching and I'm still making them. I made about 20 of them. I've actually got one in progress right now, but it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the idea that I had in my head. Um, you know, then I moved on to a different model, which, which was, uh, the mistress model, which was kind of, kind of taken away the SG side. And it was more, you know, a Mustang meets a jazz master, jazz master, which was basically looked like a Jaguar just without the sharper upper horn, more of a soft upper horn, like a Mustang. And then when I got sick and I was in the hospital, um, I had the vision for this all access model, the AA, you know, I had a real bad drinking problem, so I called the AA the All Access, <laughs> and uh, it, it was kind of, you know, it was it was furthering the idea, but kind of almost took it in a different direction. Um, and then finally, it's like just out of the blue, you know, like I said, just doodling on a piece of paper. Uh, I finally, you know, got the design out. I, actually, I'm leaving one model. I had one other model before the Sonic Empress, and that was the uh, the High Flyer. Which, uh, if, you, if you know, if you look at the three guitars side by side, you can see that there's definitely a relationship between them. Right. Something happening, you know, right. like monkey monkey turning into man. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the Sonic Empress model literally came out of like a sketch. And it's one of those things where, you know, the, the lines, the lines were all so subtle that, you know, just it's hard to explain, but just slightly tricked turning a curve this way or that way kind of made everything look wrong. Oh yeah. You know, I, it was just a tiny little, it was just a tiny little sketch drawing, like on a little post-it pad. And then I kind of had to take that exact picture and kind of blow it up and blow it up and then kind of redraw kind of retrace it by hand. And, and, uh, and, you know, it, like I said, it was a real, like, you know, everything I do is by hand. So it was all, you know, drawn and cut out and shaped. And then I would sit and stare at it. I'd take pictures of it, look, look at it from afar and um, the, the first one I made was like really, you know, it, it's pretty offset. Um, but the first one I made was like had a had a really fat bottom on it, which is now kind of my Sonic Sonic Empress base model. 
it's a little bit just heavier. So the guitar model, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's about the size of a, uh, you know, it's about the size of a Mustang, but it's a little bit more petite, you know, it's, it's, you kind of have to see them side by side, but it's a, it's a little bit more narrow. It's a little bit, it's not as thick on the neck. On the other hand is a full 25 and a half inch scale rather than being like, you know, a, a 24 inch or, a, but yeah, uh, you know, so, so to answer your question, um, I, I did have the idea in mind. Uh, it just took, it just took me building, you know, these other models to finally get the exact idea into fruition. You know, um, I think all the other models are great too. They're just not what I had in my head a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I, I build them one at a time. So there's still like a lot, a lot of different variations that I, I haven't even been able to tackle yet. Like I still want to do one with the German carve and, um, a couple different body radius styles and, uh, you know, just different pickup configurations I haven't had a chance to get to yet. As you're as you're kind of going through these um, uh, these designs and and figuring it out, what are uh, what, what were some of the, the the big obstacles you hit? Uh huh. You know, there's always different obstacles. Um, yeah, I mainly just wanted to have something that was laid out that was that was nice and balanced. So when you take your hands off the string, you know the neck's not going to dive. Um, switch switch layout placement it's not so much of a problem it's just kind of you know i know what i like is everybody going to like this kind of thing you know you know a few things that i've ran into is like uh, i do a i do a variation uh like i call it the model t which is basically uh, a tele bridge pickup and a p90 in the neck and um i have the switch there on the upper horn and originally i had a tele three-way switch up there in the same position where i have the three-way toggle switch and it, it was just, you know, in a, it looked, it looked really cool. I really loved the way it looked, but in a, you know, in your natural playing style, it was just really odd to have to switch the switch in a, in like a horizontal fashion like that. You know, it just, it just seemed really unnatural. So, you know, fi- figuring out solutions around things like that, you know, um, like I said, uh, I, I still have a, a, a version of, a version of the Sonic Empress where the pick guard will actually come up on the upper horn, like on a jazz master, like right now it, it kind of has like a kind of has almost a jazz jazz bass feel kind to it. A jazz bass feel to it where I have another version that will kind of have like a, you know basically like a jazz master where it'll, it'll go up into the up into the top horn that way there'll be you know another another spot for a switch right there if somebody wanted like a Les Paul style switching you know option or something right one of the things that I was attracted to about these as well is that um, I have, you know, mentioned several times on the show. It's like I I play uh, not a, I mean a relatively hard right hand. Uh, I'm uh, you know I'm not the finesse player. I'm not the super noodler or the shredder or anything. And I think the 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 layout of your guitar and the or the guitars. And uh, just the, the overall build, it you know, like as you've been describing, they're uh, not brutalist in nature, but they spoke to me in a way <laughs> that uh, I I felt like okay, this is a, a hammer, not a surgical instrument, and I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, they're built to be played. That's that's one of the reasons why I like the distress finish. Um, you know, especially like the Nam show. I, everything I had was 
had some degree of distress. And I think it's easier mentally just to play a guitar that's already broken in because you're not worried about scratching it. Like, you know, every new guitar I've ever had, I've always, you know, spent more time staring at it and wiping it off than, than playing it because I was afraid, you know, you're always worried about putting your first ding in it or whatever. Right. But, but past that, past just the visuals, yes, the, um, they're, you know, they're designed for like the working guitar player, you know, just a volume, a tone, a switch, and, and your pickups and not a lot of, you know, frill going on in there. No, but enough in the in the in the way that you've got the 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 shape of the body's got a lot of character, so it it's not it's not overdoing it everywhere else, um, and that's a tricky thing to do. And I th- I think that's why you've got a lot of people. I, I would suspect that's one of the reasons you, that that um, you know people are finding interest in them without having played them. You know what I mean? Like myself. Right, right, right. You know, I'm a cheeseburger and fry, a, a pepperoni cheese pizza guy. You know, I just I like it simple and clean and to the point. And uh, I, I, I have just real bad OCD with things. And I get too distracted even by two different kind of wood grains on the same guitar. You know what I mean? So I just, that's why most of my guitars are opaque. If you look at them, there's kind of a, I wouldn't say a theme, but they definitely all look like brothers and sisters. Yeah, together, I, can, I, can, I can dig that. Well, dude, I really appreciate you sharing your story about the guitars. I encourage everybody to to go check them out. I'm really hoping someday we can uh, we'll cross paths. Uh, I get out to California relatively often, so uh, maybe I can swing out or something and try one of those things. Uh, and uh, if not, I'll just have to ask Mike Adams to you know tell me every little detail about playing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, man, I'm a I'm right here on the one, the, the main vein here on the coast. So yeah. if you're ever driving from Santa Barbara to the Bay or anywhere in that area, Pismo Beach, yeah. you gotta stop by and check me out. Right on, man. Right on. I will do that. Uh, well, thank you so much, man. We're gonna we're gonna get to Jared's favorite part of the show. Okay, everybody, it's time for Would You Rather. This week's Would You Rather is brought to us by Johnny Red Jive on the Instagramo, and uh, it, this is it's really cool and it's right up my alley. I like time travel and all that kind of fun sci-fi stuff. And uh, so this is what we're gonna do: we're gonna hop into a time machine, go back around 1968-ish, and we're gonna bring back. One of the two amps you have to choose from in that time period, because that's all I have at the store at the time. <laughs> it is one, either a Plexi JTM 45, a very common Marshall amp back then, uh, great classic rock and roll amp, or would you rather bring back a Fender Bassman? Now, there's a really crazy thing about that. Why, why is this? Why is this kind of a trick question, Jared? It has been said that the Marshall JTM 45, that it was pretty much copied from the Fender Basement circuitry. It says right there. Oh, 59. Okay. Well, we could say 59. We went back to 59. I thought we said 68. Eh, was, he went back to 1968. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they're still at the store because they're used. Oh, yes. Okay. yes. okay. So would you rather bring back a 1959 Fender Basement? Or a Marshall JTM 45, a.k.a. Plexi. What year was the JTM 45? 
Uh, he didn't say. Okay. So we're just going to go with the information that he gave us because it's his four on the floor. That's right. <gasps> All right. Uh, Tony. I will go with the JTM 45 only but, because it's, it's, I, I think it's a classic Marshall. Uh, yes, the circuitry is based on the, the baseman circuitry, but you know, Jim Marshall did a lot of changes to it to make it a lot more, a better guitar amplifier rather than a bass amplifier. Not to say that you can't use the basement with a guitar because a lot of yeah, players do. Most most do, yeah. Some. Some. I'm definitely going to go with the Marshall JTM 45. Um, I have a clone of one, and, man, when that thing's cranked up, it is classic rock time. So definitely going with the Marshall J, JTM 45 Plexi. Okay. That leaves me and you, Justin. Justin... You're going to go ahead and go first. So which one are you choosing? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Marshall. Um, you know, we're talking <laughs> 60s. I'm a, I'm a Jimi Hendrix fan, so I never remembered seeing Jimi play through too many Fenders. I'm sure he did. But I'm a Marshall guy on that on that level. Okay. Excellent. And Todd? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break everybody's hearts here. Or maybe not. I don't know. Uh <laughs> I'm going with the Marshall too. Ah, I've never whoa. owned a proper Marshall. I had a I had a Marshall Valve State back in the day, which is a garbage nightmare. Um, those. Dreadful, dreadful piece of work. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, uh, I would. I think that would be pretty awesome. I I would like to have one in my in my collection of currently one. No, I've <laughs> no, I've got I got two apps. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, anyways, that was a good one. Thanks, uh, Johnny Redjive from Instagram. Appreciate you sending that in. And if you have one that you would like us to read, make sure you just hit us up. Send it to us, okay? Yeah. All right. Uh, J- uh, Tony. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Man. Uh, that's you got me. some people to thank, right? We got a Jeez, bl- uh, I, I can't believe how big the list is. This is fantastic. Thank you, everybody. So, um if you would like to help uh, with the show and sponsor the show and become a patron of the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. And uh, there are various levels that you can participate in. Uh, you get some really great prizes and rewards if you could look at them that way. Uh, and hopefully you guys all saw my uh, recent Instagram where I had a whole counter full. A of, counter full. Uh, of the uh, rewards and everything. It's that, cool. That took like a whole day to do, man. It's cool stuff. There's, a, there's, a, there's really great things, various levels. You can explore that on Patreon. But this next group that we're going to thank especially is our, our part of our executive producer group. And Jared, one of the things, in addition to all the great prize packages that you get, what happens? Well, you get to have your name read on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right now. I can't wait. As we sit here, I'm going to read this name. And I'm going to read it from our newest to our oldest and most dear. So let's welcome on board. Jeez, oh man, we've got two news and one who upped his patronage. Oh boy. So now he's an executive producer. So let's start with Mr. Tyga Harmon. Yay! Welcome aboard, my friend. Tyler Bray. Hey! 
Hey, you and, too. And John Anglin, who's now jumped into the the executive level. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Uh, let's go backwards. Anthony Lanthrop, Johnny Knowles, uh, Stefan Lamb, Rick Langlou, Michael McVeigh, Michael Sanchuk, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Ken Sayers, Corey Nigro, Brad Partridge, Michael Van Zant, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Robert Marfleet, Chris Kearney, Sean S. Oliver Gonzalez, John Daly, Robin Smith, Pete Marshall, Carlos Mancha, Matt Brammer, David Wolfson, Martin Cliff, and our original Tom Barazin. All right. Thank you guys so much. Your, uh, your support is so meaningful to us, and uh, we thank you greatly. So uh, let's see. Justin, where can people find you? I am on Instagram at Bottom Line Guitars, or you can find me at AbernathyGuitars.com, or if you just want to send me an email inquiry about uh, guitars or an order, or you just want to talk guitars, I'm at BottomLineGuitars at gmail.com. Excellent. And I also... I've also got lots of guitars for sale right now, on sale, for sale, at Reverb. Oh, killer. Yes, check him out on Reverb for sure. Tony, yes. where can people find you? Let's just say you need a custom pick guard. You're changing out pickups like I'm doing this week. Woo-hoo. Uh, and pick guards and everything else in between. Screws. Go over to pickguardian.com. And uh, all of uh, my contact info is on there. There's some pictures. There's some ideas. You can go over to Instagram to see some of the projects that I've been talking about. And uh, even on Facebook. Yay! And if anybody needs some pickups, new pickups or old-looking pickups that are still new pickups, or a repair, go to BrandonWoundPickups.com and uh, hit me up. I can do the thing. Excellent. And if you want to get a hold of me for whatever reason, maybe you'd like a would you rather that you have to share. You'd like to uh, send that to us. We would love to, to hear that. And uh, you can send that to Todd at theguitarnobs.com or DM me on Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen and Justin, we are grateful that you have all been hanging out with us and we thank Justin for spending time letting us get to know him and uh, sharing his guitars and we encourage everybody to go check those out they are mighty cool thanks so much for your time Justin hey thanks you guys I really really appreciate you having me on man I I, uh, I hope I, w- I didn't sound too awkward <laughs> <laughs> nah you did fine <laughs> uh, alright everybody have a great guitar week and subscribe yeah Gosh, that was dreadful, (laughs) but awesome. (laughs) This week's Would You Rather... Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.